He's a brilliant scientist with a dream. I want to walk again. But what he becomes... ...will defy imagination. What are you, man? From the writer of Batman and the director of Darkman. Put all your money and jewels in the bag. You won't win. ...comes a new breed of superhero. Who are you? Call me the Mantis. Mantis premieres Friday, August 26th. Chapter 1. Welcome back to another week of Straight to Video. Um, got a little something different for you this week. Um, this week we're going to talk about Mantis. Um, Mantis being an acronym. So M period A period N period T period I period S period. It's a long Just acronym. There's a period after the S? There is a period after the S. Oh, Why no, wouldn't there be? That's different. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so are you saying that S would be the only letter that's not an abbreviation? Yeah, because like, think about an acronym spelled out. You wouldn't put a period at the end of the word. Or the period means it's abbreviated. Wow. I'm learning so much. <laughs> Okay, so were we not to include the period after the S, here's what um, the acronym would read as, I think. Mechanically Augmented Neurotransmitter Interactive S. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool, though. It Mysterious. Does cool. Okay. <laughs> so... So this episode is going to be a little something different. Um, we are covering a TV pilot that could also be considered a straight-to-TV movie. And, uh, you know, we're all about, like, flexing out the definitions here, you know. Um, that's what we do at Hyper Real Film Club. We consider things on multiple levels. Um, this is our first TV pilot slash show, I would say. Um, man, I... I had not watched this before this week. This was a recommendation from Jenny, one of my two co-hosts, along with David. And, uh, of course, as always, I'm Tanner, um, your other host, uh, and we're Hyper Real Film Club. Um, hey, y'all. <laughs> Jenny, say hi. Oh, hi. Thank you. <laughs> so I personally have been getting a lot of pleasure out of watching like mid nineties TV shows mm -hmm. during the pandemic. A, I love procedural shows. Oh, same. I love watching TV shows that were actually filmed on film. I think is really refreshing and helps me escape. And most of all, I love to escape while watching TV, <laughs> um, which I, find a little bit easier to do with mid 90s shows it's kind of the sweet spot for me so i've been watching let's see like just throughout the pandemic year uh dawson's creek felicity mm -hmm. um oh my god has she cut her hair yet no not yet Ooh. oh i know i can't wait um uh, ally mcbeal mm. don't recommend that one <laughs> 
That show is bizarre. I also recently watched it. It's very I weird. love the bizarreness of it. Um, it is not appropriate for the year 2021. No. <laughs> but that baby is, though. The dancing baby. The baby is in my brain forever. Um, it I, really is. I got to pop in. I haven't seen any of these shows. But <laughs> David! I, w- <laughs> I, I would like you to tell me about Ali McBeal. Um, Ali McBeal is, so, given what Jenny just said, is probably responsible for the first, like, internet meme, which is the dancing baby sonogram thing. Is the dancing baby from that show? Mm-hmm. It is. Oh. Huh. I mean, I certainly know the dancing baby. Right. Many do. Um, <laughs> so it is a lawyer-centric procedural um that is supposedly like centered on like kind of like progressive sexy 90s politics but it reads really weird in 2021 like it's really Mm. like gross um Mm -hmm. it's like trying to be really sex forward but it kind of ends up being like sex backwards in the year 2021 (laughs) Does that make sense? <laughs> the two types of sex. <laughs> Four. <laughs> but like what's really what's really cool about the show Sorry. is that <laughs> Please take um, your time. That was <laughs> I'm only calling it that from now on. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> Like the soundtrack is great, and it also employs a lot of um, like progressive and experimental uh, like CGI techniques or like gimmicky CGI techniques um, that almost you know functions as like magical realism in the world of '90s lawyer procedurals. Wait, tell me, please tell me how how CGI is used in a lawyer procedural show in the '90s. Damn, um, I got the church googles today, y'all. <laughs> too many questions, David. Okay, okay. All right, I'll just have to watch the show. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we might need to move forward. So, like, also, um, continuing my list of 90s shows that I've been watching this year, um, uh, Law & Order, which is also, like, kind of hit or miss, depending on the day, depending on, like, you know, how they treat non-white people in that episode. Um the original one and yes and x-files which uh premiered around the same time as mantis and uh mantis actually during the year that it was on tv uh aired on fox directly before x-files wow what a magic hour man x-files it's just like peak 90s tv I, i just love like the giant suits um <laughs> the musical cues i don't know it's great stuff have you guys watched any 90s tv during the pandemic uh I'm trying to think um i have unfortunately found myself sucked deep into a gray's anatomy hole which is not 90s but meredith gray does remind me of calista flockhart a little bit so there's Absolutely. some connection there. It's still a procedural, Absolutely. pretty people solving problems. It gives me the same sense of like PPSP. 
Classic puss. Oh no. Oh. My mind has gone blank. Yo, we should make a TV show called Pretty People Solving Problems. I would watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> it's so comforting when you just don't oh, want to feel boy. anything about your reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been watching similar things, I guess. I also watch X-Files. Um, is Friday Night Lights 90s? No. That's early 2000s. Um, Gilmore Girls? Quick. That's early 2000s. Mm-hmm. What what else was there even on in the nineties? I'm totally spacing. I mean, we're oh, talking I've like been watching Pete Golden and Girls Pete era. Okay, that's nineties. <laughs> it's not all dark and moody like your cool ones, but you know. Oh, I rewatched my so-called life. That there gave me yeah. the feels. There it is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I just started that one the other day. David, oh, are you in love with Jordan Catalano and? The only role that we're ever going to be in love with Jared Leto in. Ooh. I don't. I, yeah, I mean. Okay. As, it's Get, complicated, I think. <laughs> we're just, we're only two episodes in right now. And he, he ended the second episode as kind of a shithead. So I need to, mm. I guess I need to round out the season to see where he's going to go. Oh, I mean, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> okay. He just got. I, good hair i guess my favorite thing so far about that show is how they talk about they love the way he leans <laughs> he's got a good lean he's got a good lean oh man that show just like really cut deep it felt so real yeah yeah it really does <laughs> okay so today we're talking about mantis um if you guys haven't seen this, and there's a really good chance you haven't, um, this is kind of one of those shows that um, was lost to time, even though it had a large fan base, at least immediately after it was canceled, um, but maybe during um, its inaugural and only season. But So Mantis is an acronym, and it's the first, or what you could call the first primetime black superhero on network television um it was broadcast on fox beginning august 26 1994 and ran for an entire season of 22 episodes and this is following the like um straight to video tv pilot which was a two-part episode that was created by sam ham of tim burton batman fame and sam raimi uh, a big hyper real favorite um those two men left after the tv pilot uh due to differences with the network but the series was picked up and essentially after this straight to tv movie slash pilot was recast repiloted and had a 22 episode season does that sound right Mm-hmm. yeah I, I haven't okay. seen any of the show, but it sounds like it's completely different from the pilot. Like, I'm treating the pilot as a whole separate entity here. Yes. Because they completely recast everybody. 
as white people when previously it was like all the major speaking roles were black actors and then they the execs got like scared and they said that that the this was like too real <laughs> and um too depressing and recast everybody and changed the plot up a bit um from what i hear i have no interest in watching anything after the pilot movie have you watched anything else after the pilot i have not have you david no i haven't seen any of it i i did read um I mean, I read some synopses of uh, some of the season. Um, they apparently did, they completely retooled the show twice. Um, mm-hmm. One being between the pilot and the first episode when they did all the recasting and like rewrote the origin story. So they basically like decanonized the, the pilot. Um, and then they also retooled the whole series about 13 episodes in um the first half of the season there were a couple of major villains and some plot arcs that they were you know following through and then they um like reoriented the show and got rid of a bunch of the characters and left you know a bunch of cliffhangers and uh focused in on more um kind of like episodic episodic sci-fi you know genre beats that weren't carrying through a season but uh you know sounds like you know pulled it more in the direction of like uh i guess x-files or you know something that people could tune in for an episode and not have to follow a whole season to get like the main beats of each of each episode um that's absolutely true and the series went through a lot of personnel changes like um so while i mentioned the two white men that produced this pilot sam ham and sam raimi it was also directed by eric lanovi who is um an incredible black director who has just directed the fuck out of some tv procedurals um i mean we're talking like oh like lost psych um ghost whisperer csi the mentalist uh Mm. dc's legends of tomorrow ncis blue bloods lethal weapon agents of shield um he directed lethal weapon the 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 tv reboot yeah Mm. um he's just been all over the place um and clearly has like a really like steady genre focused hand because this thing is tight you guys like i had so much fun watching it good oh my god such a breath of fresh air oh good it could like i want someone to reboot it today i'm surprised it hasn't happened and i also maybe you guys can answer me this like i don't really is there any lore of mantis or was this something it said story by sam raimi and i think sam ham i know there's a mantis in marvel it's that woman with the little tentacles in her head in Guardians of the Galaxy, I think her name is Mantis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if there's any relation at all to that superhero, but um, I couldn't so, really find any info. Yeah, from what I was reading, and Jenny, this is something that you brought up when we were talking about this initially. Is that um, the so they made so they called the show Mantis, and Mantis is going to be the name of their hero, and they 
acronymized it <laughs> but when they were when they were like kicking the idea around no one knew what the acronym stood for it was just going to be an acronym and eventually i mean in the um in the show we do see it on a computer screen at one point but um it seems like they uh initially just wanted to call it mantis but there was already a copyright on that name and so they had to create oh. the acronym to avoid lawsuits um so that makes me think that this was like an original concept you know that wasn't like cribbed from you know comics lore or something if they were trying to figure out how to like get the name on air like when they were starting the show right yeah any comic book nerds out there please let us know if there's a history to this that we don't know i know you're out there i <laughs> know you have to be I I just absolutely loved this pilot, and I wish. What else did y'all like about it? Mm, I loved how saturated it was. Like I, it's clear that this is more pilot maybe than TV movie because they're really like setting the table here for a lot of potential narratives. So you meet so many characters, but they all I feel like are not too tropey and you get a sense of everyone's personality and it feels like a real city and it sounds, mm -hmm. it just feels like really groundbreaking and for the time for this like network show, you know, you have your main character who was shot by the police and in, in a riot that's made to parallel like the LA riots. There's a lot of conversation mm -hmm. about race and socioeconomics and what's going on, but then there's still, underwater layers and flying um cars and super and amazing fun action sequences um and i was just in it the whole time i found it really fun even though we could not find a good quality version of this it is on youtube and it is so blurry but at some point <laughs> i just didn't even notice because i was like enjoying it so much yeah, you're, I just kind of get used to it. Um, <laughs> just in case you're a, a square who is trying to um, buy this from iTunes or Amazon, the video quality is not going to be any better. So just watch <laughs> it on YouTube. Um, it's like we're, I don't know, 26 years out from this being made. I don't think that any money from like a YouTube rental is going to go towards the actual like people who made this. So just watch it on YouTube. It's fine. I think that's so right about all of the, just these like extravagant story beats. I thought um, like you get, you get a lot of great, um, like not, not action set pieces. There are a couple of those, but there's like some visual set pieces like the, uh, um, when he is, uh, you know, like swimming his car down through the water into this underwater layer that you're talking about. It's this gorgeous, like almost like proto like Gungan city um, <laughs> with these kind of bulbous floating, you know, orb things that he's going to go into. And and in this moment, there's um, this really like silky jazz uh, tune that's like oh, playing that while he's doing this. So good. <laughs> so it was 
it was both like visually stunning and like kind of sexy in a weird way that I can't quite identify. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. You you also get like um <laughs> just some really like fantastic like writers room TV humor I think um, just some like throwaway lines when there's points when the cops are like chasing them around in helicopters with giant machine guns on them which was pretty bizarre but um they say you know they're they're like chasing him around in the moment and you just hear them kind of in the background being like uh yeah that car looks like it's got one hell of an option pack over and then the other guy's like yeah donuts on me if you catch him (laughs) and he's really really silly it's like um there's no there's no pretension about it you can Mm -hmm. tell that no one was like you know they're like these words are going to be immortalized for posterity i have to be really careful about everything that we like put in this movie um it's just got really fun lines and i I feel like also um they do a great job of uh you know like like utilizing the form in a way that doesn't feel manipulative um so they use the the like commercial breaks since it would be on tv to to like heighten a scene they don't really they don't do that kind of like cheap ncis style thing where they like leave you with a cliffhanger so you stick around through the commercials it's like used for style um which which i i think is when people use the tv form to do that i think that's um one of the strengths of the form but yeah this movie's got everything it's hard to even pick a like a plot point to discuss because there's just so many you know like (laughs) you have this mayoral race in this fictional town of ocean city that i think is supposed to be like la feels like la and yeah you've got this kind of law and order candidate versus a fat like a racist racist fascist guy who is creating some elite police force to fight like gang crime and you find out later essentially manipulating the populace to think that it's like it is an issue by paying off people to pretend to be in a gang and like make crime and you have this reporter who's black who's like reporting on it who's clearly like sees the big picture and is trying to report on the report on it and expose it and then there's amazing Marsha Cross. I'm sorry, no, she is in this, but um, I'm thinking of the pathologist. Oh, what's her name? Um, I think I wrote it down. Gina Torres. Oh, Gina Torres. Oh, my God. So wow. Good. Most beautiful person Most alive. Most beautiful. Oh, my God. Holy shit. And she... Oh. Yeah. And yeah, and she's, she's fighting her own battle where she has this older white colleague who doesn't believe her that you know sees her as this kind of uh, like diversity hire and doesn't really like take her seriously um he calls her a diversity hire that's right face. yeah he mm-hmm. does yeah dude's a dick he's a fucking dick and but also great t- casting i mean Philip oh Baker yeah Hall is that like guy <laughs> he's top everything. five character actors of all time mm-hmm. um amazing there's just so it feels like a sci-fi kind of wire like all if all five seasons of the wire were in one pilot because you have all of these different levels like you've got the journalist angle and then you've got politics and then you have like what's going on actually on the streets 
And then there's like the police. And then there's fucking superheroes as like a fun added element. Like it has everything and it explores all of these areas and characters so well that it made me so excited to continue watching the show. And then afterward, once I read that they pretty much threw that plot away, recast everyone, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what a bummer. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm certainly no authority on this subject, but I, I can't imagine that there's um, like really strong... Uh, like Afrofuturism themes and aesthetics on network TV before mm. this. I don't know. It was great. It was like, it was so surprising to see that. Um, I mean, there's, there's two like African characters. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's several scenes with um, kind of like, um, tribals like drum sounds kind of like worked into the soundtrack um when uh when mantis is putting on his when we see him like um putting on his costume for the first time um there's these statues that come out that have that feel very like afrofuturist in style Mm -hmm. um that he like removes his his like cape and cowl and every and like helmet and armor and everything from um and the, uh, I feel like we get a little like proto Black Panther aesthetic with his armor. I mean, it looks very, mm-hmm. the kind of like black with silver inlaid throughout in these patterns looks a lot like the, you know, like the Black Panther costume we see in Wakanda and the MCU movie. Um, I was wondering, surely someone had seen this show who created yeah. Black Panther because even of the two African characters, though, they're both sort of interns for mm. this doctor who is Mantis, mm. who we haven't really spoken about yet. I'm not sure we will. But the the woman reminded me of um, Shuri, yes. the sister. Like, she's the yeah. scientist. Like, her, even just her, I don't know, the way she spoke and she was, like, kind of jokey and sassy. Like, it, it just reminded me of that character. And I thought that was, I was like, this cannot be <laughs> coincidence. She's in this, like layer working with all this like futuristic tech yeah yeah and the i don't know the the architecture and kind of the way that all the spaces are laid out are very i i don't know if this is exactly afrofuturist but they're but they're all very they're very like rounded Mm -hmm. um it's a very stark departure from you know, from like a Batman layer, which is very like cavey and stalactites and like wet and foreboding. And it's also a departure from, um, I don't know, I think what we would traditionally associate with like a, a secret hideout, like very angular, very, you know, kind of uh, medically or like clinically lit. Um, it just has its, it's has its own very distinct style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is interesting because Sam Hamm, you know, came from Batman and it's clear there's influences there. And but this this particularly this show felt more like it had more hope in it, mm-hmm. even though it's funny that the network was like, oh, this is too depressing and real. But yeah, even down to like where his offices were, it just felt he's looking out into the water, into the sky yeah. for more hope. Like, I don't know, very... uh clinton era i guess sort of mindset 
Should we talk about Mantis himself? The man himself? I was taken by surprise. I didn't see it coming. They fooled me. They really let us down a, a little rabbit trail there. <laughs> I just really, his character is so interesting to me. He's like conservative, you know? He's mm-hmm. like politically sort of conservative. He's this neuroscientist who was paralyzed by getting shot by police during a riot. For, he was like saving a child and that spawned his interest in this. And then he creates this this like exoskeleton called Mantis, essentially. And it allows him to just paralyze people for a temporary period of time, which I have to talk about how hilarious it was every time someone <laughs> froze midair. Man, the opening scene is so good where it's like <laughs> a really... It just opens with a bang. It's just like a fucking cool intense bank robbery that just ends with a bunch of bank robbers that look like you know like plastic army men um (laughs) it was just like so inventive i don't know it was great and the rollerblading scene of the rollerblading thing i mean mean, that's a that was a bad robbery (laughs) we need to talk about that robbery i mean (laughs) First of all, I think it's cool in the first like half hour, all of the criminals are white. Like mm-hmm. um so from the bank robbery and then this weird gig where a truck has all of these wooden baskets in it and they just start throwing them in the road so people will stop driving. And so then they're all in this traffic jam and then a bunch of dudes signal to each other who are all on rollerblades in various parts of the street and then they all just like jump in and start stealing people's purses from their cars and throwing it in the back of this basket truck. It's the most bizarre <laughs> heist I've ever seen. In the middle of like a high traffic downtown area, it just makes no sense. Like why did they why did they come back and throw all of the purses in the truck? Like, I thought that they were, it seemed like it would make sense if they blocked all the traffic and then they're on their skates so they can kind of like wiggle between all the traffic. But then, but then they put all the stuff back in the truck, which would have then still had to drive down the street to get away. That they themselves have blocked. That they have blocked with all of the baskets. (laughs) They basket blocked it. (laughs) Classic the, basketball. Yeah. Their clothes were dope, though, I will say. I was yeah. into those, out- the those rollerblader the outfits. So good. And then Mantis comes flying in. His car is flying, and he is suspended from beneath it via <laughs> rope and just kind of fly. At first, I was like, oh, man, they left the flying cord in. Like, <laughs> But no, he's just suspended from his car, which is driving above him. And he's just beating rollerbladers up and freezing them. <laughs> Man, at first I thought that looked so silly that he was like just like suspended from his car and he was kind of just like suspended in air and, and flying down the street. But man, it really grew on me over the space of you know the minute or two that he was doing it. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that makes a lot of sense. He's he's like hanging up there. My my favorite, Jenny, you were mentioning the um, <laughs> the, like the roller skating thieves getting frozen in midair. There's the one guy that like 
lifts his knees up to do to do like a ollie over the hood of a car <laughs> and he gets frozen in that spot and he's like curled up in a ball and smashes into another car <laughs> it was it was great also like a uh, shout out to mid 90s computer graphics um mm. and representations on screen of computer graphics and interfaces which <laughs> will always be adorable and fascinating to me mm-hmm. it's like those uh they always look like like a graphic that's printed on a little lego computer <laughs> yes i also have to say i i loved mantis's like superhero garb i loved that he was just wearing like a big trench coat and a huge power tie with his <laughs> with his like mantis mask which they got like, rid of in the show i, I terrible, read seriously a terrible choice i mean because he had because <laughs> he has the power armor and we see it and then he he makes the aesthetic choice to like cover up his superhero suit with a big jacket and a tie <laughs> and i just I, I love the confidence of that he's like i know the look I'm going for, and he went and did it. He takes the extra time. Sure, there's a crime going on. <laughs> and I've already got my my suit on, but yeah. let me get this fit together. <laughs> you got to suit up and then suit up. <laughs> I read that the, um, the thing that he freezes them with, they say it's like a neurotoxin mm-hmm. from an African mantis. Mm-hmm. So there's another mantis connection there, I guess. If, I feel like they were trying pretty hard to make mantis not the acronym it was like oh he looks like a mantis oh he (laughs) uses mantis serum (laughs) oh and in the first scene he leaves a little figurine of a mantis in one of the that's right mouths that was pretty it was like uh it was like the little foil unicorns and um blade runner Hmm. Mm mm-hmm he also looked like um, the Fantastic Planet characters in that like shadow oh, yeah. scene. His mask looked like the fish head. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh huh. I a question about his mask. If you're <laughs> out in the dark of the night fighting crimes, would you want to have a bunch of like LED lights inside your mask, pointing <laughs> at your eyes? He seems to quite often struggle with seeing through his mask. <laughs> it's like maybe turn the lights inside of they your eye holes facing off. Facing your eyes. They should be facing <laughs> out. <laughs> it look yeah. cool though. And it allows him to hypnotize people in like a cool projectory way. Oh, I said like that. Chapter two. Any questions? I my I think most important question of the movie is what do you all think that Gina Torres was cooking for dinner inside of those two gigantic grocery bags that she brought over I... to cook dinner for two people? I also wrote that down, David. <laughs> all I could see, uh, given the screen was blurry as hell, but all I think I could see was uh, bread and celery. There was definitely a baguette and then what looked like greens. I feel like it's yeah. a classic. What are we going to have 
piling out of our grocery, like our paper grocery <laughs> bag. It's going to be a baguette and some greens. Yeah. But she fully, she bought enough groceries for the week. She was going to stay the full week at this man's house. Oh, you think she was just, she was just trying to get that invite to stay. Maybe. Um, I think it must have been. I don't know what meal would take two grocery bags full of food. I mean, maybe she just saw uh, Antoine Pike's butt and was like, this guy eats. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah. The mantis. So, you know, he's paralyzed and he has a personal trainer and they're in the pool and she's like doing some butt work on him. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. What was that about? Stroking the old buttocks again, eh? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That was weird. I have no comment. (laughs) (laughs) Was she she gay? I feel like, because then she just was like, you should come over because me and, and then she said like a woman's name, like, miss you. And I was like, damn, this show. But I could have heard it wrong. I don't know. I feel like they were trying to let us know, like, no, no, no. This isn't a love interest situation. She's Mm. just massaging his butt purely for medical reasons. (laughs) Well, I thought that his his butt was deteriorating in that scene. She was like, your butt's not making as much progress (laughs) as we were hoping for, given your treatment. Yeah, so right? him because wearing it's like the his... suit deteriorates him, right? Right, or it like oh, halts yeah. the progress on his yeah. Starting with the butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I missed like so he made that whole suit because he is a neuroscientist and a a genius who got like a genius grant at like age 18 or whatever Mm -hmm. is his intention you think to mass produce this suit for people who are unable to walk like is it it, is he a test for this suit for that purpose or is he just like i made this by accident and now i'm gonna be a superhero it seems like it is for himself because you can see him projecting his pride onto other people by being um conservative politically that's my take Mm. um i mean of of course he's paralyzed from the waist down because he was shot by a police officer but they couldn't prove it was a police officer which has fucked his brain up and turned him into a weird conservative is my take I feel like I just don't have any other questions. Like this show is just like, here's you have a question. Here's the answer. Yeah, it's hard with a pilot because um, it's obviously generating questions to be answered. Mm-hmm. But also, I, I feel like it was, it was just like, man, I don't know. I wish Sam Raimi and Sam Hamm had stayed on and produced the rest of the series because I know the Sams. Like the storytelling is just like really tight, as you would expect from a Sam Raimi movie. Um, like it's Are fun, you... it's tight, it's engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's a bummer. At the end, when when he was looking out into the sky, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And he said he's looking for other. What did he say? Worlds. Yeah. Yeah, 
he says, um, the question is, what are you doing, doctor? And he says, nothing important. Searching for another world. Mm. Yeah, I wonder mm. if that's setting something up or they were trying Aren't to we there. I mean, yeah. I read in the in the the back half of the first season, they do. Um, I mean, they start exploring like parallel reality type things. I don't know if he was, if he's referencing that here. I'm curious if he's mm. going to be the. I don't know if he's going to generate like the the kind of like sci-fi scrapes that they get into with his with his experiments in this season, or if things kind of are are like drawn to him because he is you know the mantis but yeah we don't we don't really find any of that out from this pilot Mm-mm. oh I, I do have one question what was the um, the reporter's name um in the show yeah somebody the b right oh i liked him i like that character i did too he was really charming um, I, I wanted to know uh, how he could eat those french fries after he put that much salt on them. <laughs> he put so much salt. I did not. It was <laughs> so much salt. But to be fair, the they kind of looked like unfried fries. Like they looked like raw potatoes. Was he trying to fry them with salt? I think he was just trying to make it work. <laughs> I think he was trying to impress impress gina being like i've got a a healthy heart over here don't worry about me Hmm. oh his his teeny computer (laughs) 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 uh what a fucking relic which is like how did you afford that he's like it's a tax write-off and it's just like a one-inch computer (laughs) that just plays back videos uh so good i like when he in the beginning there he's watching back footage of his interview with the fascist mayoral candidate and just you know chewing him out and his white producer or camera guy or something is like standing next to him and he calls him like an ignorant spud and a racist like within the first ignorant five spud. minutes <laughs> oh a spud is a potato this man loves potatoes potato references wow (laughs) i was curious how the kids who bring the the video to the reporter know that the superhero is named mantis Mm. i think he's supposed to be a local legend okay has he just been leaving like mantis figurines (laughs) at crime scenes for a while does that sound right I guess so, you know, because this whole freezing people thing seems to be relatively new. So maybe he was using something else because mm, like the reporter true. thinks for a minute there that the mayor is has like cooked up some kind of neurotoxin or new drug that he's putting on the streets. That's like fucking people up. That's um, right. So maybe he was <clears throat> just hypnotizing people before this mantis blood juice came into his life from the, maybe from the interns. Man, 1994. Chapter three. How could I have been in Chicago? 
so the first award that we always give out is it was the best of lines it was the worst of lines what line of dialogue in this tv movie is most straight to stream i wrote a few things down um i like right before that scene david where he gets in his um cool like cadillac hovercraft um and flies to his underwater lair to with like some free jazz um he just yells juice me up and take me to the seaplane or (laughs) (laughs) does he really say that yes or what is it called the sea sea something the name of his lair um juice me up that's oh sea pod juice me up and take me to the sea pod um i really like that and i also wrote down pretty early on the uh the uh mortician guy at the morgue just does not seem interested in huh is it philip baker hall yes the racist guy the racist guy he's like finishing up a body and he's like this one too Cause of death, big damn hole in the head, and then just <laughs> official cause of death, big damn hole in the head, <laughs> so and just kind of like throws his gloves and walks away. <laughs> it's so like pulpy and uh, fun, man. Mm. Some of this this pilot is just so like pulpy and fun. It's so great. As it was starting, I just was feeling really jazzed. Like every few minutes, being like, "Damn, people gotta watch this." I'm excited. <laughs> and I also do like when the reporter calls that guy an ignorant spud. Um, <laughs> those, those are my... right, what a great insult. I'm really going to have to pull that into my rotation <laughs> you know, for, for all of the insults that I dole out. You do insult a lot of people. Yeah. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> I really like when... Okay, so at two separate points in this TV movie they reference the 90s Chicago Bulls with uh, Dennis Rodman and Michael Jordan in separate segments. Um, That felt very, like, straight to video to me. Mm. Um, I mean, what's cooler and more, like, on the nose than the 90s Chicago Bulls? Um definitely shout out to stroking the old buttocks again um, <laughs> but i i think probably my suggestion here is when they're playing the pickup back uh basketball game at that that guy's like community gym and some guy like uh does a layup on another guy and is like you've been mantisized <laughs> which is a really awkward thing to say to somebody uh, and I don't <laughs> quite get it like is he saying that I don't like I don't know I, I just can't tell if Mantis is like Superman in this movie or like Spider-Man um, I guess mm. probably more like Spider-Man like a kind of like weird urban legend thing which but, Sam Raimi later did mm. correct David what do you got they really don't talk about that though. I feel like the like lore of Mantis in mm-hmm. Ocean City. That's what I want to know more about. Yeah. Yeah, like when did he start? When did when did he start? I guess maybe he's potentially been around for like 2 years. Cuz if I feel like the riots 
in LA happened in like 92, right? It was mm-hmm. 94. Yeah. He's a pretty recent legend. Yeah. He's still building his mystique. And they don't really, I mean, maybe I'm just not remembering this. It's been a minute since I watched it, but is is the town of Ocean City like freaking out about Mantis's existence? Like do we think that it's kind of like a Gotham where they're used to freaky stuff going on? I don't think so. I think that the show eventually goes that way where there's like monsters and villains and stuff, but I, I, it doesn't seem like it in this iterance. Yeah. It seems like he's, he's just kind of a, he's like a, a curious story at this point. Like, I mean, there's those kids at the beginning that come and ask for $25,000 for their video of Mantis, and the mm. reporter, like, jumps at it, but he's not. His his expression, he's more, like, eager than, like, than, like, oh, my God, like, you found evidence of, of, like, this person. He's just, like, excited to get the story. Right. I mean, this is, you know, like, a two-hour-long TV movie. I think that if there were weird stuff going on, they would have mentioned it somewhere. Like, they would have offhandedly mentioned, like, a supervillain or another superhero or something. And they don't. Like, they're just talking about, like, racial politics and, like, you know, like, yeah, post-riot fallout sort of stuff. Which, to your point about later in the series, um, we do, (laughs) from, from this point, from the pilot until the season and uh you know eventually series finale um we do swing from this point until um mantis fighting a giant dinosaur did y'all read about this no a dinosaur that's how this series ends um mantis is fighting a giant dinosaur that has um invaded ocean city um but because the uh, series was running out of money at this point um, in order to save costs on you know like CGIing this giant giant dinosaur they decided to make the dinosaur invisible no <laughs> stop, stop it. it stop it how did they so, show that so this season closes with Mantis fighting or this entire show closes with Mantis fighting a giant invisible dinosaur how do you know it's giant okay, David at- at season one, it's season one, and he's uh-huh. already fighting a giant dinosaur. When <laughs> Where else can in you the go? pilot, there's nothing. Oh my god! <laughs> I Talk know, about really... jumping the shark. But also, yeah. by the end of season one, they knew that they were getting canceled, so they killed Mantis. They killed him. Yeah, yeah they killed. He him dies all. by the yeah. dinosaur. Mm-hmm. By he dies by an invisible dinosaur. That's I don't, how this I, man goes I can't out? Vi- I can't verify that. Um, well, that sucks. But it's during the arc of fighting the giant dinosaur that he dies. I mean, who else would kill him but a giant invisible dinosaur? That's his kryptonite, is giant invisible dinosaurs. <laughs> wow. Yeah, how the hell did something. they get from what we just watched to that? That's wild. Two Two rounds of complete show retooling man studios suck you can quote me on that (laughs) um 
Well, let me uh, highlight some quotes. Uh, I think my fa my favorite um, like straight to straight to video quotes were um, when Gina Torres is uh, talking about spices <laughs> when she's <laughs> when she's making dinner for Antoine and um, the first line she's like uh, turns around after she pulls you know whatever blurry greens out of her bag <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she's like you don't have any oregano do you and he's like my god whatever you need baby and uh just the way that she turns and like delivers that line is so bizarre um and then <laughs> and then when she's trying to get out of the house after she discovers um antoine's like killer drugs uh she says she's got this thing of garlic that they've talked about multiple times at this point. And she's like, uh, I better go to the store. And she's like, that's not nearly enough garlic. <laughs> Again, what is she making? And he because told she needs, she needs like several tablespoons worth of powdered garlic, which is too much garlic. Garlic. Yes. A fuck ton of garlic, some oregano, a baguette, blurry greens, blurry greens. <laughs> um, Let's see. Well, I she's liked, trying to get uh, the fuck out of there, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, we gotta, I, yes. Yeah, yes. you're right. Like, I know that that was implied, but, like, if you haven't seen this, she's trying to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she, she's just trying to use some tactics. Um, I, I liked um, a couple of the kind of, like, doom and gloom superhero storylines. Um, like, uh, like Antoine saying, um, that was us 10 years back, one day away from being on the wrong side of a drive-by. And Gina says, which side is that? And he looks at her with a long, significant pause and says, either side, which, which would be like a really poignant line if he wasn't a, like a scheming villain also. Um, and you also know what he's going to say. Yeah. Exactly. when she asks the question <laughs> and, and it's then, like i get it it's like i don't i don't know i get it yeah it's like it's very heavy um but my favorite my last favorite one this is my favorite joke of the movie um is when uh mantis is like um paralyzing all the people in the in like the shipyard oh or, i wrote this too <laughs> Which is a great scene. He's kind of like running around, like blasting his paralyzing darts at people. And, um, you know, it's one of those classic, like kind of Batman scenes where he's one place and then he disappears and then he shows up somewhere else and everyone's looking for him. And uh, you hear this disembodied voice from one of the gang members that's like, y'all, let's hear what Mantis has to say. <laughs> and then one of the other people is like, why should we do that? And then the camera pans over and you see Mantis like dangling this guy off the edge of these, uh, this like, you know, platform. He's like, because if you don't, he's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought was, it was a very surprising like bit of comedy in that moment. And I loved it. I think that's also the scene where he's like, they've been stung by Mantis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so good. 
This movie's okay. really got all types of lines. It's got like, like the the kind of dour like superhero lines. <coughs> I mean, played for laughs for the most part, I think, um, or played to like villainize people, and then the just like. I don't know some really good jokes <laughs> it's got some some spice talk it's just it's got it all all right uh next up uh the straight to streaming award um who delivers the best big screen performance in this tv movie i mean I gotta say, like, shout out to the uh, African interns. I thought we were super magnetic. Mm. Yeah. Um, they were great. But also, Gina Torres. I was gonna say. Anytime she's on screen, I'm just there. I'm glued. She's incredible. And we should we should clarify that we are naming them African interns in this podcast because that is the information that the show gives us <laughs> no this that's good to include yeah yeah um yeah god gina torres she crushed it i she, can't believe they didn't bring her back for the show that i no, couldn't believe it that. when i looked when so, i looked at the cast list of this show uh, <laughs> and they so they replaced the two interns with what's his face who's kind of funny guy something reed but he's a white guy Oh yeah, they gave him like but, a sidekick who like helped him invent mm-hmm. the thing, and then yeah, she's Great. just gone. I don't understand. Terrible. I thought um. I think I need to nominate uh, Steve James, who plays Antoine Pike, um, for the Straight to Streeping Award. I thought that he he really held it down as like. I think um, kind of the most dynamic performance in this movie um like starts out in this very uh like kind of overbearing like as the reporter says like hustler role but also very charming and he's you know like doing this nonprofit work with kids and really sells his um like pathos of you know being involved in that work um and it's all i mean he hams it up like so much but it works so well in this in this kind of campy movie um and he goes from that to being this i mean a straight up villain and he delivers like some some like rough lines towards the back of the movie and by the time he's you know trying to throw gina off the roof you're like yeah i mean i i see this journey like i see what he's doing Mm -hmm. and i thought that i mean he handled that transition really well and he's just he really, he really leaned into every aspect of his character, which I loved. Mm. Did you feel sympathy for his character? Empathy. Well, I, I, I mean, yes, yeah, and that's because he was such an incredible actor. Yeah, like he just sold the shit out of that like two faced character. Um. I feel like in somebody else's hands, that character is not um, convincingly two-faced. That was a hard rule mm-hmm. to nail down, and he crushed it. He was yeah. awesome. The big, the big bag of cash made it hard for me to 
empathized with him in the end mm-hmm. a- at least on on the level of like uh, like what he was doing but I was certainly with him on that journey the whole time Jenny did you have anybody else no I mean Gina all the way yeah Gina all the way I mean girl Give me like, and if you guys don't know who she is she's in the matrix She's in Westworld. She's in several other procedurals. She's in Firefly. Firefly. Oh, Firefly, get out of here. So good. <laughs> She's, She's in incredible. Suits. Suits is right. kind of like a cult classic, but I... Suits maybe I with... Um, give my Suits opinion on this podcast. <laughs> I think it's great. It's such good TV. For that, you'll have to tune into our other podcast, which like is called... Tanner's suits opinions. (laughs) It's really good TV. I don't know. It's good. Well, and it has. Why? Why am I spacing on her name? (laughs) She's royal. Well, maybe. Megan. Megan. uh, The Markle. Markle. Okay. Next. Next award. Um, Guess who's coming to dinner? Mm. This could be a repeat award. Um, But which character or element from this movie? Are you bringing to Friendsgiving dinner? I mean, Gina, right? I don't know. Like, I would love to pull up in like a like a, a hovercraft caddy <laughs> to Friends dinner. Truly, or have it in an underwater lair. Uh. Damn, I was just thinking that. I think a nice big table on um, the like pool overlooking the ocean at uh, at Mantis's house would be probably the best dinner location of all time. But also with some with some drinks with some after dinner drinks down in the lair. Oof! Yeah, mm. that sounds like a good time. But Gina Torres should still come and cook dinner. Because clearly she knows how to buy groceries for, like, a large party. <laughs> yeah, I bet she was about to make a bomb meal. R.I.P. that meal. What about you, Tanner? Oh, I'm definitely bringing Gina. Uh, yeah, hands down. <laughs> Tanner has a crush on Gina. I do. <laughs> she's so cool. Yeah, she's awesome. I mean, she's ageless. She's magnanimous. I don't I'm know. with you. Yeah. I think everybody would be really impressed if I brought her. I mean, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I would be so impressed if you showed up with Gina Torres to dinner. <laughs> Damn, uh, Tanner. I just want to be impressive. So, Well, bring Gina Torres next time we hang out, and then we'll see. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next award, retail therapy. What's your one piece of dream merch from this movie? Oh, boy. Probably that one-inch computer. <laughs> Although, a hypnotist mask sounds pretty It's a tax cool. write-off, I mean. It is a tax <laughs> write-off. I mean, even with all the rad stuff in this movie, I was leaning towards that tiny computer as well. <laughs> it seems... Um, it sounds fun. It seems really cute. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't feel like I'd have much use for like, you know, like paralyzing darts 
in my life in the way that I live it right now. Um, maybe not even a flying car. I don't really know where I would put it. Mm. Um, I, I think you could put it wherever though. you put your normal car. You don't have but to park it in the sky. There. Get rid of that thing, David. You have a flying <laughs> car. <laughs> um, I don't want a flying car. I don't have room. <laughs> I think um, my dream piece of merch is uh, Mantis's video replay station. Because you just, just want to yell watches, in pants. Where he, okay, so first of all, yes, I want to yell triangulate and enhance <laughs> at a bunch of computer screens um, to determine information regarding my background and personal history. Um <laughs> Also, I think it'd just be really useful given how I like, you know, lay awake at night in 2021, um, having like fever dreams about my past and the decisions that I've made. Um, just from an anxiety standpoint, I think this would help me um, <laughs> literalize that anxiety. And maybe I could, uh, if there were if I was doing it on an actual computer system, I could turn it off. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And you could triangulate it. Mm. Right. That would be so helpful. Because <laughs> I have the three different points that I have <laughs> <of laughs> my, uh, my anxiousness, but I can't triangulate it quite. But there's lots of dream merch. Like, did you guys want like 10k chains or? Um, oh, dragon. Did dra did the dragons have anything? They didn't seem to have any merch. I think they had. I think the jackets that those two like imposter shooters put on were were dragon jackets. Oh. I mean, like I, I also, said before, the rollerblader outfits were pretty dope. Yeah. Those are cool. That's good. Yeah. I also I like the the car that that guy was always working on was like this shiny, shiny Volkswagen Beetle. Oh Ooh. yeah. That was that a was, nice car. Yeah, that was sweet. Shout and out to Volkswagen Beetles, which we talk about on this show fairly often. <laughs> Do we really? Truly, it it figured it figured prominently in Xenon for That's one. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a they had a decade. Yeah. Chapter four. Okay, chapter four, last and final chapter. Uh, we're gonna play a game called Twenty Three and Me, which uh, involves us each listing two films or books or TV shows, whatever whatever you have, um, that you would point people to who are interested in Mantis, um, both conceptually. Um, just as a piece of media, um, if someone was into this or the idea of this, what would you point them to? Well, I kind of thought the, I mean, the clear antecedents, I, I didn't realize that Sam Hamm, uh, was, um, on Tim Burton's Batman. I mean, I think that those connections are really clear. Um, I mean, the kind of camp superhero vibe is there. Um, it's got some, like, grim elements 
to it that are mostly played for fun. I mean, this is no this is no Chris Nolan Batman, but um, definitely it has some ties to like a Tim Burton Batman. Um, I also. <laughs> I also, when I was just thinking through this, wrote down X Files, but we've talked about both of those pretty extensively. Um, one, one other thing that I was thinking about um, was this cartoon I used to watch on Saturday mornings called Static Shock. Have you all heard of this? Mm, yeah, I also wrote down Static Shock. Did what? you really? I did. Nice. <laughs> wow, that's wild. Um, I uh, so Static Shock. Um, this is just a. Um, kind of like Google synopsis, accidental exposure to an experimental mutagen leaves geeky high school student Virgil with superpowers. Uh, he's able to control electromagnetic forces, channels his newfound powers to fight evil. Um, I think some of the, I thought of this when I was just looking at pictures of Mantis um, and uh, over the break, um, the The costuming is uh, has got some very similar elements. He's got these, uh, like big yellow eyes um, up on the top of his head and a big jacket um, and uh, the just like the profile um, looks very similar and um, I think uh, I don't know like TV to movie wise this movie apparently is getting um, a film adaptation which I'm real excited about with Michael B. Jordan attached so that movie's gonna what? be Sweet. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah. Ooh, cool. Um, it looks like it's kind of in progress right now. Um, just hired a screenwriter, uh, but keep an eye out for uh, Static Shock the movie, as we're talking about things in the universe of Mantis. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I also had written down Static Shock. Funnily enough. Um, but I also uh, put down Meteor Man, which did come out before this. Um, and the year before. Is the year before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, it was another one where this, he, he developed superhero powers because it's like more of, I think he gets hit by like a, he gets hit by a meteor. So it's like, <laughs> um, he develops superhero powers, but, um, the, in the way that they're it like heavily draws on references from previous superhero films, but like not, it just doesn't take itself too seriously. It reminds me of the, the mood and tone of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely recommend that. It's really fun. Um, and then, so, t- I mean, to replace Static Shock, I was trying to think, like, at first I was like, well, maybe Watchmen, which came way later, but then I remembered Candyman, and I just looked it up, and it came out before. And Candyman, even though he's not a superhero, <laughs> um, it is 90s. It feels like it's it's a little bit darker, um, but it also does a really great job of, I think, like, highlighting um, sort of, like, what like city dynamics as far as like socioeconomic and like racial dynamics in a city um and there being this like legend and lore of like a black black like mythical being um and it just happens in Candyman where he is like murderous and evil in a way but you kind of can sympathize in some respects but um uh 
I feel like kind of tonally those two would uh mantis would kind of fall in the middle of that venn diagram of like mm-hmm. repo of that or sorry not repo man um another great movie but <laughs> meteor man um and candy man meteor man candy man mantis man in the middle yeah i think meteor man is a really excellent touch point for this movie there's and and that one too the um robert townsend the director and star is um uh he's like dealing with gang violence mm-hmm. um from the golden dragons in his neighborhood and the dragons um, yeah and it's um it's a really like you know united community effort um that you know like pulls pulls everyone together to um kind of eradicate the threat and in this one, I mean, we've got we've got Mantis, who's certainly more of a lone wolf type mm-hmm. and has a hidden identity, but he does um, operate in a similar way of um, you know uniting these two rival gangs to fight the real threat, which is this like evil mayoral candidate who's trying to um, you know start a war in order to secure an election victory. Um, So they've got, yeah, they've got some similar like themes and tactics and yeah, I Mm. think that's, that's right on. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for expanding on that. Yeah. So Meteor Man came out in 1993 and this movie, this TV movie came out in 1994 alongside other superhero movies like um, The Shadow, which was a, uh, a, a box office bust with Alec Baldwin as a hip- superhero, which is, I can see what they were doing, but it's it's bad. Um, that movie was so silly. Blank Man, which is kind of funny if you're high, but is ultimately <laughs> um, uh, just like not very important. Uh, the Mask, which was the year's sur- <laughs> quasi superhero success story uh it made a shit ton of mo- a shit ton of money that movie is oh you guys is bad but it's uh <laughs> it's fun to remember um time cop which is mm. awesome nothing <laughs> but really bananas <laughs> nothing but love for time cop nothing but love for when uh, jean-claude van damme does the splits in the uh, on the kitchen counter and then like looks back at the camera and winks while somebody else dies. It's so cool. Speaking of butts, um, Batman's butt. Speaking of butts, um, <laughs> also the crow, uh, kind of a sleeper oh, wow. hit from wow. 1994, um, and the Fantastic Four, which is that um, like rights grab that uh, Marvel does which is parodied in the fourth season of Arrested Development. Um, it was never oh. actually released um, that I know of. I could be wrong, but I, I believe it was never released to theaters. It was basically just made to uh, keep the rights to the franchise. So these are all from 94? Wow, that's a big 94 year. 94 was a, a weird time for superhero movies. Like, they were not held in... Like, 
they still kind of captured the popular imagination, but were not held in high regard. Um, I guess it seems like, let's see. So at that point we've had the Superman movies. We've had Tim Burton's Batman. Mm -hmm. Maybe this was, um, and this was pre, um, Batman forever. And it was uh-huh. pre Dark Man Two, which Sam da- Sam Raimi did not direct. Uh, mm. But Dark Man came out in ninety, and I think definitely like paved the way for this show. Oh, there's so much influence in, from that in this. Dark yeah. Man is so cool, I love and the Dark same Man. cool like cloak. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It seems like this is kind of the like the wild west period between like people understanding that superhero movies could be giant and like ip you know like mega robots completely owning the field Mm. i mean i guess like um kind of like what happened with star wars i mean you see star wars and like the space opera and kind of like sci-fi blockbuster becomes viable and then after that there's you know a ton of kind of like ripoffs of star wars before you know the big giants come back in and and like exclude everyone from making that type of movie yeah um okay so i know that we just talked about a lot of movies my actual recommendations um i think are probably dark man and then also i would recommend the famous jet jackson for a series that actually kind of like fulfills a little bit more promise than this show does. It it ran for three years. Um, Also, um, I don't know. Lee Lee Thompson Young just like delivers an incredible performance in that show. Um, It's about, you know, a black superhero with a, you know, double identity and, um i don't know we're still mourning his early death and um if you haven't checked that show out it's fun it's it's um it's not too heavy-handed it is a good escapist show to get into for a little while but it doesn't go around forever um it's nice length it's like three seasons and um i'd recommend those are great recommendations I uh, really want to watch that. Uh, this is another one of those ones. I, I like always heard people talking about it growing up, but I didn't really watch TV, so I missed a lot of stuff. But this, this is going to go up at the top of my list. Anybody got anything else they want to throw in the mix before we wrap this thing up? No, just, you know, go on YouTube, search for Mantis season one episode zero it's like an hour and a half long the blurriness is fine but it's totally worth watching for something that happened kind of right under our noses if you grew up in the 90s and i personally had no idea existed until a couple weeks ago and now i'm so glad that i watched it because it was really fun even though i now have to live forever with the frustration that there's no more for me to watch because I refuse to watch the actual show and be, I think, further bummed out. Yeah, I think 
Jenny, you're, you're talking about this a little bit over the break. Um, and I think another thing that's important to uh, like talk about and remind ourselves about um, a media artifact like this is, is that it's the, the like process and politics of canonization and of like things achieving a cult status are, uh, I mean, just so, so blatant in some instances. And I think this is one of those, like it's, um, I mean, it has all the makings of something that people would still be talking about and that would get like, you know, a reunion or, or a, you know, a Blu-ray release. It's got, mm-hmm. I mean, Sam Hamm and Sam Raimi, these two like major figures in movies. It's got a, like a really incredible cast. I mean, it's very fun and it like clips along and it's poppy. Um, it's got great writing, but I think as we were talking about when they, like they recast the show to be mostly white folks um, when they like took it to season. Um, the, I think that like the racial uh, realities of this, of this movie and like the racial politics are um, ones that are often kind of quashed in movies from a certain area, from a certain era. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Jenny was saying, I mean, this movie only, I, I was looking at it on Letterboxd and there's only like 26 people that have, you know, indicated they've viewed this movie on Letterboxd, which is a tiny amount, especially for, it's a you know, all the internet sleuthing that everyone does um, to like search for things, comb through lists, like, um, you know, kind of curate and craft the things that they watch based on, you know, how they want to like engage with media and portray themselves. Um, and it's just, I think it's a reminder that there, there's a lot out there that is intentionally and unintentionally buried and that you really have to like dig and ask the right questions to find. Um, so yeah, thanks to Jenny for digging up this movie. And as Jenny was saying, we're, we're really excited to like be talking about this and just to, <laughs> I mean, you know, shine whatever very small light on it <laughs> that we can. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. Um, yeah, get on YouTube. Go watch Mantis. Juice me up. Take me to C Pod. Juice me up. <laughs> <laughs> Juice me. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> I'm stopping, so that's not.